0: What is up, everybody? Thank God it's Friday, because that means we are 24 hours away, directly, fit 24 hours away from Texans taking on Cowboys in preseason game number three tomorrow night. That's right, 6 o'clock kick tomorrow night, and obviously all access starts at 6 o'clock. That's how I measure my time. We start at 6 o'clock every single evening, the exception of Mondays when the Bill O'Brien showed 5 but everything else starts at 6 o'clock. So kick off on Saturday at 6 o'clock. I know a lot of you will be looking for it at 7. Like, wait a second, they're already into the second quarter. You've got to be there at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Welcome into the show, Texans All Access. From the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And in Dallas at this point, yes, doing this from Dallas. Or Arlington, or I don't even, I'll be honest. I don't know Dallas well enough to even know where I am. I just know the hotel where the bus dropped us off and that's it. That's all that's all I know. And then I know Arlington, but I don't know Dallas really well so I don't know where I don't know anything about the Metroplex. I just know going up to take on the Cowboys. I will say this and I mean this sincerely. Sincerely and I and I know I probably shouldn't, but I love doing games up at Jerry World. I love doing games up there. First, I don't know something about that stadium. It's still it means 10 years old. I I went to the first game there Oklahoma v. BYU in 2009 it was the first actual game that took place in that building and I saw Sam Bradford last I think it was two series I think it was two series he didn't last very long I know that um and then Landry Jones came in ironically Landry Jones is going to be with the Dallas XFL team which I don't I don't is that team going to play in Jerry World I don't know I have no idea, but I know Bob Stoops is the coach, and Landry Jones is going to end up being the quarterback, I believe. So it all kind of comes together. But I, I love doing games up in Arlington. I think it's it's a fun time up there. I-, I like the video board for some reason. Now, I can't see it much from the sideline, but the last couple of years that we've been there, I've done the game in the booth with Mark because it's, it's preseason week number four, 15 and 16. And then 17 was going to be up in the booth. I was going to be up in the booth as well, and then obviously... We know what happened there with Hurricane Harvey. We got diverted after the Saints game. We went to Dallas, straight to Dallas, and we hung out up there in Dallas and uh, wasn't really hanging out. We were kind of watching the city of Houston go through what it was going through. J.J. started his $200,000 fund. That was all he was looking to, to raise. He ended up raising, I think, $41 million. So, uh, it's a it's not an anniversary we love to celebrate, but I like going up to Arlington for that stadium. That's it. I love my town, Houston. I don't know about the, the rest of Dallas. You guys can have it, but then uh, you can have the Cowboys. But I like that stadium. I like calling games from there. And 14, we went up there. I was on the sideline. I just love having that video board there for some reason. I mean, just being able to look up and go, okay. And that thing is like right in your face, 3D style. So Texans v. Cowboys, kickoff 6 o'clock. We are going to be on pregame show uh, Rick Hamlin and Seth Payne will have the pregame show starting at 3 o'clock on Sports Radio 610. I'll show up at 4. Mark and Andre will be somewhere after that. And I think John McClain pops on as well. So you hear all of us before the kickoff at 6. And then post game with Sean and his band of merry men after the show or after the game. And then make sure that if you're watching the game and want to see the game, which hopefully you do, go to KTRK at, ch- at Channel 13 at... 6, at 6, Kevin Cooley, Spencer Tillman, and our buddy Drew Doherty will be there. You'll see me down on the uh, sidelines for a little bit in third quarter. I think we're going to be talking about defense this week, so talking about a lot of things that we've talked about already. See what happens in this game. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. And we will get Mark Vandermeer on to talk about that one. In fact, we'll do that in the final segment. But Mark preseason games last night with a lot of storylines huh
1: oh Johnny Daniel Jones okay my in-laws are Giants fans so of course they have winning three Super Bowls already and in fact my brother-in-law posted that he's going to win three Super Bowls (laughs) and I said I posted that Michael Jordan gift the one where is where young Michael Jordan is saying stop it get some help stop it because come on I look I agree that you're probably more excited about Daniel Jones than you were when he was drafted. Yeah. I get that. He right. looked pretty good. It's the Bengals in a preseason game. Let's not freak out. It's not the Super Bowl, but good start for him. We'll see where it takes them. And that was yep. just among the storylines last night.
0: Okay, so let's go to Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's go to Winnipeg. Oh, my goodness. I, when I heard what was happening, mm-hmm. I went to NFL Game Pass. And now with Game Pass, you can get the preseason games live, all of them. Awesome. So I just wanted to see what it looked like. I wanted to see. I didn't even know what they had done. I just knew I had. I had read that they're shortening the field, so I wasn't exactly sure what they had done. So I was like, I had to turn this thing on, and I'm no watching. Big deal, and the, shortening
1: the field. <laughs> the, first,
0: the first few plays are about midfield, and I'm like, okay, there's no big deal. And then uh, one of the team, I can't remember, I think it was Packers, threw one deep down the field, and I saw the pylons. <laughs> At the twenty, at the uh, ten, what ten yard line? Yep. And I, I just, I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's how do you call that?" I, I don't know. Then, They're at
1: the twenty. I mean,
0: it's the ten, <laughs> the know. old
1: twenty, the
0: new ten. I saw somebody tweet that, and I thought of you. He could <laughs> go all the way, the thirty, the twenty, touchdown. I mean, yeah. Like, what you, it was. It was bizarre, and if you missed it, the Raiders and Packers played in the stadium. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers playing in CFL, and the CFL field is 110 yards, but it's got 20 yard end zones. But the problem is, the goalposts are at the goal line. Yeah. So that would put them in the middle of the end zone of an NFL field. Yeah. And so that was the problem. The hole for the goalposts. They couldn't get that right Mm -hmm. they couldn't figure that out and apparently the field wasn't great either so the Packers and Raiders it sounded just from all indications and just looking at it immediately none of the stars played none of the starters seemed to have played and then the Packers and Raiders played on an 80 yard field in Canada I saw scores being flashed up
1: though once I heard it was shortened to 80 yards I thought well now what are you gonna do you're just gonna have a scrimmage right you're just gonna that's what I thought scrimmage that's what I thought you're not gonna really count the score are you even in a preseason context and they didn't so going to keep stats are
0: you even they didn't if, kick off they, they, didn't, didn't, kick, have they, they didn't have kickoffs they didn't they just put the off. ball at the 10 yard line which i think ended up being the 20 yard line oh cuz it was an 80 yard field cuz it was right. an field.
1: 10 from each side uh john gruden said the field was okay he Yeah. Said, i don't see what they were talking about in both teams the whole crew actually In Canada, the promoter said that the NFL and the NFLPA approved of the field. Yeah. But I don't know who that is. Right. Who approved of the field? Did they have to actually be playing on it? No. Right. And by the time the teams get there, they look at it and say, forget it. We we all remember, or if you didn't, uh, the Astrodome had an incident here mm-hmm. once late in its existence about having a preseason game canceled right. because of the poor field conditions because right. the mound was covered up poorly or whatever the situation was. Right. Uh, Hall of Fame game recently with the paint issue yeah. on the field turf. So we've had canceled games before, but I thought this one was headed there. I thought this one was headed for yeah. cancellation I thought so too. when they had to go to the 80-yard field. Uh, Johnny, it's so strange. Uh, the preseason last night took a beating in the public eye. It really did, because Florio was all over it on ProFootballTalk.com, how this is an outrage and everything. Look, I still – I think that without the starters – uh, to me, it doesn't take anything away from the games as far as evaluation potential right. of your younger players. In right. fact, it gives them more reps. Right. Exactly. You know, talk to Joe Webb. He probably loves playing in these games. Right. Young quarterbacks putting a ton of stuff on tape. You know, I have NFL Network out in my office, and, you know, I don't I don't watch it religiously every right. every minute. But, you know, I glance up there sometimes, and I'm seeing teams go deep in their depth charts. I'm seeing quarterbacks I've never heard of throwing touchdown passes, and they're all fired up because they're putting stuff on tape. Yep. They're like, XFL potential. No, they're thinking someday maybe I can make it in this league. And yep. I, I, I like that stuff in the preseason. I've always thought that, that was that's what it was about. But I get it. I think eventually someday it will be shortened from four games, maybe to two or three. And I don't know about a longer season. I'm starting to think that that might have more juice than I've given it credit for. I'm, I'm with you on that. So we'll see. I am
0: absolutely with you on that. I just feel like – the preseason continues and, and you're right, it did it took a beating last night and it wasn't just what happened in Winnipeg, but I think that was that was part of it. And, and John Middlecoff, our, our buddy from on the Bay Area, had had written something or had had posted something on Twitter saying that the the Raiders lease with now this is the last year of the lease, yeah. but by moving the game to Winnipeg it saved them like five hundred thousand dollars. Who knows what How finances. pay rent in Oakland for yeah. the night. So it was supposed to be a $7.5 million rent for the year, apparently. But it went down to $7 million because they weren't playing. That was a Raiders home game that ended up being in Winnipeg. So, look, Yikes. at this point, I just would like the Raiders to get to Las Vegas and have a home. We don't yeah. have to go through this with the Raiders. But interesting that they, they did move it to Winnipeg. But beyond that, you had Cam Newton leaving the game last night. Not uh, good. Leaving... Gillette Stadium with a boot on his ankle. It doesn't look like it's horrible. He's got a foot sprain, but you're getting to that point where Sean McVay is already thought to be a pretty smart head coach, but I think it's getting to a point where people are looking at his stance on preseason. Like, he hasn't played his starters or his main guys at all in the preseason. At all. A lot of Blake Bortles. A lot of Blake Bortles. You haven't seen golf. You haven't seen girls, And you're not going to see them in week one. And I thought somebody – put it pretty well on Twitter, they said, here the Panthers are worried about whether Cam Newton's gonna be ready to go in week one, and the Rams are sitting there going, We don't really care about the preseason. We'll see you in week one. And you may or may not have Cam Newton and if he's banged up, R 99 is gonna go get him Aaron Donald. Yeah. That to me is a scary proposition and I, I just I just go back to the fact that I think I I didn't think we'd see this day, but I think we're getting to a point where the two preseason game two preseasons game, two preseason games and then whether it's seventeen or eighteen regular season games at that point, I, I think that's definitely coming. I just feel more and more like that's going to
1: happen. Could we tolerate an an odd number of games? Could you do seventeen?
0: <sighs> I feel like you could I like your idea of having the, I like your idea of having a, a team in the opposite of common the NFC that you would play every year, like playing Dallas every year. Two teams. Year. Johnny's gotta yeah. be two. Now, I, I understand that that makes the math work. But
1: no, but it's got to be two because it's the only way to really balance it out. Name a team. Name a team. Any team.
0: Okay. Uh, Rams.
1: All right. So the Rams have to play the Chargers, right, in right. the opposite conference. I would think so. And then you you get another – because there's an obvious one for them. There's an obvious one for the Texans. However, right. the Cowboys – what's another obvious one for The, the Chiefs are going to say – well, it used to be the Rams. The Chiefs would – that would be the Rams – The Chiefs would either be the Vikings or they would say it's got to be the Cowboys because we were born in Dallas and we're not that far away. Right. So it's got to be the Cowboys. So the Cowboys could have the Texans and the Chiefs, for instance. Right. So I think the Rams would have – there's no question they'd have the L.A. Chargers, but they'd also have – Broncos. Maybe the Broncos or the Raiders. Okay. And the Raiders – Yeah, Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders already you know, – they're in the AFC West. They would play – so if they get the Rams – Who else would they get? Seattle. Because Mm -hmm. the Raiders in Seattle used to be a big deal when they were both in the AFC West before the Seattle moved to the NFC. Yeah. Raiders play Seahawks and Rams. It's so funny because Seattle just it just reeks NFC right now, but they were such an AFC stalwart. I mean Dave Craig and Kurt Warner, the running back Kurt Warner, and Chuck Knox coaching them.
0: They just there would be some matchups that make make a ton of sense. A ton of sense. There would be some that you go, I don't know that I see that one, but you're just eventually going to run, out of, run out of options at some point. Tampa Bay. All right, so here's the difference. Yeah, Jackson, the, Jacksonville would play Tampa Bay and Atlanta. And Atlanta, right. Yeah. And the my, Patriots would but play Miami's the Giants. has got to
1: play Tampa Bay and maybe Atlanta, okay? Right. Miami's got to play Tampa Bay. So Atlanta's going to end up playing Miami. The, two, the two Florida teams, yeah. or who else would be right. appropriate for them, right? Then you go up the coast a Miami, little bit. Jacksonville, yeah. You know, Carolina—they're going to need somebody. So it gets a little clunky. Carolina Ten- would play the Redskins. No, no they
0: are already in there. They're already in there. Right. Um, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, would be one.
1: And wait, did Jacksonville maybe already play? Indy? Uh, maybe. Indy. Yeah. It's, it, see, it's a little awkward for them, and it's, so, it doesn't really play right. as well for them. And then in the Northeast, it gets very clunky because right. the Ravens have to play the Redskins, right? Absolutely. I mean, that—that's got to be done. Abs. Absolutely. This is my and two-team option. Panthers- conference. The Ravens Panthers, that that sounds pretty good. That probably would be that, that would probably be right. Good. But the Patriots would play the Giants. Patriots have to play the Giants and the Eagles maybe. Wow,
0: yeah. See that makes sense.
1: And the Eagles have to play the Steelers, so that that would be there too. Right. So that's what I'm getting. Although Buffalo is going to say, "Wait a minute, we got to play the Giants because we're New York." Right. Okay. So the Giants are they and can the get, Lions? Uh, maybe Buffalo. Maybe.
0: That probably would make the most sense. Maybe the
1: Lions? Probably would make the most sense. Well, the Lions are going to have to play one of the Ohio teams, okay? Have yeah. to play one of them.
0: I mean, there's a way that you could probably do this and add two games, and it would be yeah, really see? interesting. I like it. Who does Green Bay play? Green Bay
1: is going to play. i got it for you. Oh, they're going to have to. Kansas City might have to play Green Bay. Yeah, they're way up there, and nobody yeah. else is near them, that's right? A, that's
0: a tough one because you're talking about the teams that are north. I mean, but, they're surrounded by – Bears, Lions, uh-huh. Vikings. Oh, Colts. Colts would be one.
1: And maybe one of the Ohio teams as yeah. well. Yeah,
0: and maybe you one. Know. Yeah, Cleveland.
1: Uh, yeah. I think you'll you know, you'll work it out. It's, again, it's not going to be perfect for everybody. I right. love the Texans playing the Saints and the Cowboys every year. I think that would be phenomenal. And I think uh, one reason why this really could play well in the league is selling whatever tickets you have remaining. Uh, obviously, not all franchises are afflicted with this, with yeah. having to sell some tickets. But selling whatever remaining tickets you have on a regional basis every year, you know, every other year, I guess. But every every year you're gonna have one of those two in your building. Can right. you imagine guaranteeing you're gonna have the Cowboys here every two years?
0: Oh you my know? goodness! Here
1: now you it's get a here every, every eight years. Eight
0: years. now you get a preseason game, but again,
1: it's but it's not the same. I mean, it's thing. not the same.
0: Although I do like I do
1: like the fact that you play them in the preseason a lot. I want to see them every year without fail. And I'd love to see the Saints every year without failing. The
0: I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna set this up. I'm gonna. Okay. F- I'm gonna figure this out, and we're gonna okay. send this to Blake. We're gonna oh, send yeah. that, we,
1: we know Blake. We you know
0: somebody. We know Blake. He played for you. He has to do whatever you say. That <laughs> that that would be nice. All right, we get back. No time like the present to do a little over under on your Texans. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John. That is Mark, and it's time. For Mark to play a little over-under, I'm going to present a number. Mark is going to have to agree or disagree. Mm -hmm. Or you go over-under, I guess is the better way of putting it. That's the way I should have put it. So, over-under. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to start with the newest Texan. I guess Is he the newest Texan? I guess he's one of the newest Texans. Duke Johnson. New enough. Okay. Over-under total receptions. For Duke Johnson this year, let's assume. You for and I all were having a little discussion about this yesterday. Let's assume mm-hmm. sixteen games of health. Let's just assume okay. all that, all right. which I hope we get from everybody that we talk no. about. But sixteen games of health, I'm putting the over under Duke Johnson receptions at forty five. Oh, I thought you were going to go higher than this with no, catches. Forty five. I'll go. Okay, because I want you. Well, not think about this. I think this. the
1: number is set properly, John. Yeah, I know, and I I'll go over. Is. I'll go over. Okay.
0: But you and I were talking about touches Okay, so touches. So last year, and I was looking at the stats last year because I got in a discussion. I can't remember. Maybe I was on with Clint uh, and Rick, and they asked me about the third running back. And I said, look, the third running back last year was Deshaun. He had 99 99 rushes. Right. Lamar had 210. Alfred Blue. How many touches do you – how many carries do you think Alfred Blue had last year? Total on the season, how many you think he had? A hundred. Wow, you're
1: way short. Okay. Way I short. I thought you were gonna, you know, stump me on this one.
0: One hundred fifty attempts. Okay. He had just. He had just sixty fewer attempts than Lamar did last year. Now Lamar also missed two games, and Alfred played That's in all a sixteen lot of carries though. But he had a hundred fifty. He averaged almost ten carries a game. Okay. So. So by that logic, you're by thinking is gonna carry the ball. So I said to you what did I say yesterday? Total touches for Duke I put at one seventy five. So if he gets near this Alfred Blue number of one hundred and fifty Darn it, you're
1: gonna win this.
0: And he gets over the receptions of forty five. So
1: what wait, what's one so ten over ten per game? Yeah. 10 so, touches per game.
0: So at 175 I right.
1: touches, I think you're right.
0: You're talking about 11 touches a game. Yeah. Is Duke going to get 11 touches a game? Yes. Is he going to carry it seven, eight times and catch three to four he's passes? Go- he's he's going to touch the ball, Johnny, because they're going to have some
1: games where they are just wailing on offense. Now, yeah, they might yeah. not even win some of those because right, it might right. be a shootout or whatever, right. but I'm saying that they're going to find a way to score a lot of points this year. Right. And particularly against some defenses where they have just the matchup going that particular day. So I'm going to say you're right. It's it's an average. So it gets inflated in some games. Some games you just don't have it or whatever. Right. Uh, but presuming health, I would say that yeah, he's he's going to see the ball a lot, uh, and and it doesn't mean more than DeAndre Hopkins or something, but he gets to carry the ball, and he gets to catch the ball. He's a receiver. You can put him in the slot. You can put him in a variety of places that you couldn't do with any other back here, including Lamar Miller, over the last few years, other than maybe Arian Foster, and you really didn't get a chance to watch him truly develop in this offense because quarterback shifts or whatever, so it was only one year with Arian, and in the second year, that was it. So I'm thinking that you're looking at, a bunch of touches for Duke Johnson. 11 per game sounds reasonable to me.
0: Okay. So, let's keep that nah, That numbers a little high. Okay. So, I don't know which of the tight ends will lead the team in receptions. I don't know that's which. That's tough, man. That's, that's that's a really tough one. But I will put that number. Mm-hmm. The tight ends reception that leads the Texans. All right. So, those singular tight ends. The singular tight end. The highest amount. I'm going to put that number at 34. That's it? 34. No. Well, okay, because here's the point. You're going to start running out of plays at some point. Yeah, because you have Hopkins. You have Hopkins. You, you have Fuller. Yeah. If Duke's going to get over 45, yeah. you know Lamar's going to get 20 to 25 You got this year. QT. You got QT. You even got Vin and maybe Tyrant. I don't, I know, mean, I don't the know who year,
1: else. The year that the tight end set the record was 2016 with right. Brock. Right. And you had Griffin and Fedorowicz going nuts that year. Right. So it's not – Easy to say, oh, you should be able to do that. These guys should be better than that. Wait a minute. It's not about better. It's about volume of catches based on whatever else is available in the offense as well. So you're going to say 34 for the leading tight end. I still say it's low. Okay. I still say the number is in the 40s, between 40 and 50.
0: So the leading tight end. Mm -hmm. Okay. To keep in mind, in that 2015 season, Hopkins had under 80 catches. Last year he had 115. Fuller had 32 catches, but that was eight games. So he was on target for 64 catches, 90 targets. What did the leading tight end have in that year? Last year, the leading tight end, oh. Ryan Griffin had 24. The man, uh, Jordan Thomas had 20. Akins mm-hmm. had 17. I think Akins is the one that takes the jump. But I feel like if you put Duke in there, now – there are 494 targets, so that's roughly 30 over 30 targets. I think that number will go up a little bit, so I think there are going to be more targets to go around. Yeah. But I think the tight ends are going to share, and I think that QT is going to take his share once he's healthy. And then you know Hopkins and Fuller being healthy for 16 games. I mean, Hop got targeted 163 times. So he, I don't know how much more you can target him, yeah. but I, I tend to think it's over two. Mm-hmm. Who's the tight end that's going to be that's, that guy? It, that's – a big question right there, and <laughs> I, I don't think I anybody can
1: really answer it right now. Look, you'd have to say based on what you're seeing right now. I don't know what wearing situation. Bill O'Brien said he has a concu- he has yeah. a concussion. He's in the protocol. Right. So when does he get get out? Is it next week? It's got to be next week, right? I if don't it, think so. They they have a touchy situation. I would think Johnny so. one week from tonight. We know the early 53, and I say early because it's going to change over the weekend based on who else they pick up off waivers. Exactly. So they got a real big decision to make here. Do we IR him? Do we not IR him? It's a concussion. How bad? I don't know how bad it is. They know how bad it is. But these things tend to be different for different people. When's he coming out of it? You know, some guys bounce out right away. Some guys don't. This is a real difficult one. I think that... You know, obviously we'll know a whole lot more next week. I mean, we're going to know everything one week from tonight. This this is interesting. I would say, though, if I have to pick a tight end, I think you're right that Akins fits in in a lot of ways, but so does Thomas. You yep. know, they, they're going to use him as a blocker. He's going to be in there. They'll have mismatches. I think that they'll, whoever the tight ends are, they're going to have groups where it looks like they're getting ready to pound the ball. Then, whoop, we're going to spread them out. And watch what we're going to do. We're going to throw the ball on you because we have mismatches all over
0: the place. Okay, next over-under. Okay. Number of wide receivers, as listed in the program, because you can make an argument Duke Johnson is kind of a wide receiver. Number of wide receivers that make the initial 53. I'm going to set the number at... Wait, but before the waiver claims? I'm going to set it at five and a half. Under. You sure? Oh, the initial
1: 53. Yeah.
0: So, So the initial 53... So, you, mean, you mean one week from tonight to one week 53, from 53, or
1: it's actually Saturday afternoon that you Oh, wait. To get how about I do it? It.
0: Let's do it this way. What? September uh, September 9th, going oh. into the week okay. of the Saints. So that's the opening day roster. Opening day roster, opening day 53. Not active on game day. Opening day roster set the number at five and a half. Doesn't mean that all of them have to be active. Under. You're going under.
1: I'm going under. You're going with what, five? I'm going with five. I think that they're going to ultimately settle on five okay so let me throw this scenario at you and it's going to be very difficult it's going to be painful to watch because somebody might get picked up by another team
0: and i think it will happen but let me throw this scenario at you let's say that you decide on three running backs plus a fullback let's say you do that yeah let's say that you decide on only three tight ends because now you have room maybe you have to put wearing on ir right at that point would it change your thought that maybe six It, it might yeah because
1: special teams and yeah, you know, who are the corners going to be? Are you keeping yeah. six, seven corners? Oh. It starts getting did so McClain complicated. do a fifty-three he, with seven corners on it or he something? Did. He had
0: eleven DBs.
1: Yeah, I no, mean, I could see eleven DBs, but I don't know if you have six, if you have seven corners.
0: But versus, if you eleven versus D- five safeties and six corners, well, that's the thing. If you're keeping eleven DBs, they better all be playing on special teams. Minus J. Joe, minus Roby, I everybody think- else is playing special teams and better be darn good at it i think you're more likely to keep five safeties than you are seven corners and you i yeah, know I you're with that. me on this yeah i absolutely. know you're with I me see on that.
1: this based on the talent you see on the field right now absolutely but but, but there might be another corner coming you know that, that's true and and i the waiver claims that's listen i think it was a sad thing that jermaine kelly couldn't stay healthy yeah. you know because i know the, he's a seventh round draft pick but I think he's they, a heck of an
0: athlete they saw some talent Man, there he was a heck just, of an athlete you know you couldn't get him on the field oh he was a he was a heck of an athlete all right over under, mm-hmm. number of rookies active on the forty-six man roster, forty-six man game day roster against the New Orleans Saints. I'm setting the number at two and a half. Whoa, 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 whoa! Active? Yes. On the forty-six. On the forty-six number. Oh, no, of- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Starters. My bad. My bad. Oh, oh, good. Rookies that star- My bad. Starting rookies. Yeah, I Against the Saints, Week One, how many rookies will start? I'm setting the number at two and a half. All right, on defense, nobody. Are you sure? Wait a minute. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'll throw one at you. Yeah, who? Charles and If you start in nickel or dime, you go. You go sub package. Could Charles start right away? I guess that's possible. But possible. I'm going I'm to say
1: no for okay. the purposes of this program. Okay. On offense, now we go to the offensive line. Okay. We go
0: right so now, there. Now there are a couple things. First of all, as close as you can get to a lock, would you say Max Sharping going mean, to start? You
1: know, Max Sharping, they drafted him in the second round. He looks right. good. He's been with the first unit. We, Almost we the entire We all see it with time. our own eyes. Yes, of course. Okay, so that, that's one. And Howard's going to play, too. Howard's okay. going to be on the team, too.
0: So there's two. Right. So, is he going to
1: start, though? That's the question because, you know, Howard's dinged up or something. I don't know what he's got. Yeah. He should be okay, and, yeah. I guess. You know, Bill O'Brien is not, he doesn't have to report on injuries right, right now, but he hasn't used the life threatening term, by the way. That's true. Lately. Uh, I like that one because it's, it shows a sense of humor and it makes me feel good that the player's coming back soon. But right. he didn't sound that there was cause for alarm with any particular injury, actually. So, there's
0: two. Okay. I think that's. I think you. Okay, so here's your other wrinkle. Here's your other wrinkle. Give me wrinkle. Okay, you're playing the Saints. Yeah, they throw the football. Right. Do you start three corners? And if you start three corners, does that mean that Lonnie Johnson starts? So that's your third. That's a good one. But no, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start nickel, and I'm
1: gonna go in the slot with uh, Colvin in all likelihood. And I'm going to play my two safeties that I like the best, whoever they are. Yeah, Reed and Gibson. And, you know, Reed and Gibson. But, you know, if I go dime, I got to die on the field or or something else, you know, because A.J. Moore is going to make this football team based on special teams and the fact that he's, you know, he's really one of the top four safeties on this team right right now based on the way they line up. Right. So, you know, I know the coaches hate depth charts, by the way. The depth chart is in the release. I I hate it. They hate it. They got to put one out, blow it up. Yeah, blowed up completely. Yeah, it, you know Blow I get it from completely. their standpoint. Right. I get it from their standpoint because you don't want to sit there and like tell one player eh, you're you're behind, you're ahead, whatever. People or overreact. or there's a veteran right. with a rookie like way behind him, buried because right. he's a rookie, but you know that guy's way
0: ahead of the veteran. People overreact to the word starter.
1: Yeah, they do. Way but overreact. Guys to play it. a lot. You know, yes. sometimes it's like basketball. Sometimes a six man plays a ton. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, Dallas is on Saturday. Yes you have had some of your more memorable calls and some of your more memorable moments against the Dallas Cowboys. We can talk about that next right here Do on it. Texans All-Access. One final segment of this Texans All-Access edition from Dallas. That's right. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you from the Metroplex bringing you this show. And Mark, we we've experienced a win in the preseason in Dallas. We've never won in Dallas. But... Mm. I know it's the preseason. I know it's a little different. But when you see the Cowboys on the schedule, the two games, obviously, that I think about are 2002 and then last year with hop spins. What is your overall most memorable moment from either of those two
1: wins or any matchup with the Cowboys at that matter? Well, well, let me backtrack for a moment because you see them on the schedule, it's one thing. Yeah. When you see them in the building. That's another yeah. thing. No matter That's what the point. building is, there's something about seeing that uniform. And you and I have talked about this, and Andre and I have talked about it. We've all three talked about yeah. it. Certain uniforms in this league just kind of get the blood boiling. Right. The Raiders. Because you think about when you were a kid. Now, A lot of young people listening, you know, some of the guys who work in our department are like, the Raiders? <laughs> Like, let me tell the you, the team on Hard
0: Knocks. Uh, let me tell
1: you, the Raiders were really good back in that. They were unbelievable,
0: right. and there they was were an the aura. Raiders. There was an aura about the Raiders too. The that, mystique. Yeah, there was something about them that every time they came to town, and there were some good teams in the seventies and the eighties, but there was something about the Raiders—a little nastier, just a little different, kind of that outlaw nature. The Jack, Al Davis, Jack Tatum. I mean. Mm. They were just a little different breed. Now, Dallas is like that, but in a different way.
1: Dallas is the team people love to hate, or if you're a Cowboys fan, you love them. So it's a polarizing team, and when you see them, it it just brings that out in you. And I even feel it in a preseason game. When I see them warm up on the field, I'm thinking, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. There's just something about playing them, even in a preseason context. I was okay with this being game four. In fact, I liked it being game four because – Game four does have less meaning in terms of starters not playing and all that, but the Cowboys somehow made it more fun, and I loved playing up there in game four uh, as opposed to in Houston in game four. All right, so the one that sticks out – game one's always going to stick out in my mind, but it was game one. You could have been playing anybody and it would have stuck out because it's the first game. The fact that it was the Cowboys just amped it up even more. What now, do you remember about that game being announced as the first one? I remember talking to Tony Wiley, who was our communications director at the time. Yeah. And even when I interviewed with I interviewed with Tony Wiley, Jamie Roots, Kim Babiak, who was marketing at the time, and, uh, and the radio station people, Laura Morris and Bill Van Rising. It was a five—I think there was one other person in there. Who else was in there? But five people and me. Probably Granado. Five. No, he wasn't in there. <laughs> Five people versus me. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I was uh, well. I, I held it together, but uh, I was talking to Tony off to the side, like afterwards or whatever, and he said we might open against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, and I thought oh that God. would be oh. epic. I oh. what a way to launch the franchise. Yeah. So once that got announced, so he kind of knew it, yeah. but once that got announced, that was just everybody had such a build up to it, and Johnny, it was event central. I mean, the the week bef- of the Cowboy game. And I think it went on for the first four or five years of the franchise. We had an event or two every day around town. Like, I was doing – it was events are us. Event, 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 event. I was doing my radio show. And just to build up, like, please, let's just get to the game. I need to get – it's it, yeah. an expected father feeling. <laughs> or maybe expected mother. Like, I got to get it out. <laughs> I got to get this game out. Yeah. And finally – we get to the building and it, it was unforgettable. You know, the whole yeah. th- Bob Trumpy. I've told this story, but, you know, Don Cricky and Bob Trumpy. And, yeah. uh, Don Cricky wasn't there, but Bob Trumpy was, and he told me, they'll be lucky to get the snap off. It's an expansion team. Come on, whatever. Yeah. I was like, you don't give us a shot? He said, no. Sh- I mean, sh- a shot? No way. You'll be lucky right. to stay in the game by halftime. Right. Texans won it 19 to 10, and the rest is history. But I'll tell you, I remember being there in 2006 at the old place. At, uh, in in Irving and and on being ahead at the half six to three and unable to win. Right. I mean, t- eventually it was three touchdown receptions for Terrell Owens in that game. Yeah. Uh, then 2010, they just blew the doors off the Texans here. That was really painful.
0: I mean, that was when the defense. That's when that's when you started looking around. going, down. Man, maybe the defense is not going to be really it good was this weird year. The Texans
1: started four and
0: two. You know yeah. what that year reminded me of? The Osweiler good start.
1: The six and three start yeah. with Osweiler, where it was like on the road you were getting your doors blown off, right? Right. But at home you You're were playing actually playing well. well. This is the opposite. The Texans were doing pretty well. They had the one game with Arian with the two thirty-one. They had the game against Kansas City here uh, among the four wins, but also on the road doing some things with the Washington game and overtime and everything. Right. But the two losses at home were to the Giants and the Cowboys in lopsided right. fashion. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> flash forward the one you were a part of, the first one in twenty fourteen. Uh, that that I, one, if I, if I could pick any Texans game to turn into a win, and it without affecting the postseason or whatever, although that would have it it won yeah. that, but just to turn into a win just for the sake of the memory, it would be the one in Dallas in 2014 because of the, the red-clad, the battle red-clad Texans fans that were there. That was a spectacle, and to beat them that day would have been the
0: sweetest thing I, in overtime. Oh, my goodness. Mark, I've never experienced anything – like that in my life because the only time that I could ever remember being at a neutral site game which essentially that turned out to be and I'll never forget on the way home reading that Tony Romo had said we had to go to a silent count in our own building and I just remember if there was if if there's a poster quote for the traveling Texans that was it it. that's it and and I remember Romo making that play, and you know the one I'm talking about. He drops the pass, and JJ, JJ, jumped the snap. He got off on the like. I think he was moving before the ball was snapped, but he still was far enough back that he didn't break the neutral zone. Tyrant Smith doesn't even know what happened. Like Tyrant's reaching for him, and Watts by him, and somehow Romo made him miss. I don't. Right. Know, he ducked under him. JJ went over him. Romo stands back up and throws one. 50 yards downfield to Terrence Williams. And I'm like, what's going to make – I mean, at that point, the Texans had kind of controlled the game. And then he makes that play, and it's like, oh, my goodness. And then they kind of ran off with it. But the way the Texans came back – and I'll, here's my, my en- enduring image of that game. It was – I think it was 17-10. I believe it was 17-10, but the Texans were driving the fourth quarter. And – they ran out, I think they were on the one or two yard line, handed it to Arian a couple times. I think it was the second time he got in, over on the right side. And so Dre was on the, on the left side of the formation. And when Arian scored, Dre was over there with a the corner. It was just man-to-man coverage. And Dre was over there in the corner. And so he scored, and Andre was standing in the end zone, and there was just this throng of Texans fans kind of in that end zone. And he didn't go over and celebrate with the team, he just, I happened to catch, he was on my side. He looked up and he was just fist pumping and like, almost like he was air high fiving all the fans. And I just was like, this is really cool. What a moment. Like, this is what a moment. so oh. cool. And, it, oh. and, you know, and it, I remember Arian, he scored He scored in the third quarter on a run where he kind of, that was a best drive. They went up tempo and he got a run. He kind of sliced through off the left side. And I remember him coming off the sidelines and, Usually he would just kind of come off, high five everybody, and go you know back this, to the bench. He started kind of walking like right at me, and he was going, and there were fans like right behind me in that lower section, and he walked by me, and he was like pointing down, and he was screaming, "This is our house! This is our house!" and oh, I man. and I heard it perfectly, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." That game, you're right. I think if there was any one of them that we could we could flip that into a win. But I remember being on the on the bus on the way back, and I uh, and I turned to you and I turned to Dre. You guys were sitting behind me, and I was like, "I've never been a part of anything like that. That was nuts. I mean, yeah. that was one of the greatest games to be a part of because of the rivalry of Houston Dallas. Because our fans had showed up to to you know, mass support. Mm-hmm. But then you look up and you go." We lost the darn thing. It's terrible. We lost the darn. Thing. But
1: it eclipses regular seasons and the meaning of the records and everything. It's it's Houston, Dallas. Yeah. It's in Texas. It's the state championship. I, I was going to say it's kind of like a bowl game. It's kind of like a heavyweight fight. You know, it's yeah. a fight. It's a one off. It, it really felt that way. Yeah. And and it was sad to lose that for sure. But you're right. I mean, the, the fan support, the atmosphere in the building that day. I've been a part of a few things like that, and I'm sure you know the Red River rivalry feels like that on a yeah. really good day. Yeah. Uh, Aggies, Longhorns, back in the day, they should back always the day, play. Yeah. This is ridiculous that they don't. Uh, I was a part of, uh, in the Northeast, the year that UMass went to the Final Four, I was the voice of UMass. It was UMass Boston College in Boston Garden, the Ooh, new wow. one. At the time, they called it the Fleet Center. Yeah. But it was half UMass, half BC, I mean, down the middle, yeah. and it was a bloodbath it was great you know so to be part of those things that's what this was like it looked like half and half like we have to give you half the house Houston like they were obligated to because that's
0: what it was it was crazy now when and now last year it wasn't quite 50 50 now I will say the Cowboys fans did show up I mean they 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 showed up last year but they definitely did not have not even the building. No. It wasn't fifty-fifty like that. No, they, there was some. Here. They did show up, but they, Johnny,
1: you know they're they're wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean, they live among us. No, well, that's true. It, they, they do. do. Some, some of them claim yeah, to be Texans fans when maybe. they're not playing the Cowboys, and I believe them. And I think they're season ticket members too. We we like the Cowboys, but we'll we'll watch the Texans when yeah. the Cowboys aren't playing, and we'll even be season ticket members because we live in Houston. I'm like, all right, we'll take the we'll take your admission fee, and we appreciate the support. I still don't get it, but it's okay. It's okay. And someday you'll have to make a choice, because we'll meet in the Super Bowl. I really would love to see oh, that in my lifetime. I don't know
0: that I could handle that. <laughs> I really, I, I don't would, know that I, can, I, I don't know that I can handle it. But if it's the Super Bowl, I probably would be able to handle it, because it's like we got to the Super Bowl now. Of if course, it, you can handle it. It would be the best thing ever. Oh my gosh, this, oh, this the state of Texas. You talk about events. There would be more events in a day than we would have minutes <laughs> in a day. I mean, there would be an event. Every, I mean, there would be an event. I'd be taking 10,000
1: milligrams of vitamin C every day.
0: And I'd like, I have to savor this. I have to savor every moment. You know, uh, probably about a month and a half, two months ago, I was kind of going back and watching some games. spins is going to go down as one of the more iconic plays in this franchise history, especially yeah. in his career, but in this matchup and because it's mm. Dallas. We're going to remember that play forever. Yep. I went back and I was watching the game. We almost didn't have it. Because? Remember Kareem almost picked off yes. Dak? Yes. He cut in front mm-hmm. of a route. I believe it was Cole Beasley. And he cut in front of the route. It was like, I don't know, eight seconds left. And it would have been pick six, right? And he would have been going the other direction with all the momentum. It would have been a complete and total pick six. And, and we, I mean, he was that close. He as great as Hobsbens was to have that happen? To have a walk-off pick six <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Because you're right. It would have been no oh. time left. Are you kidding me? It would have, the, the place would have come down. As it was, I mean, hop spins, it, it blew everyone's mind. Yeah. Because you just felt like, all right, they could drive for the winning field goal here, but it's going to be a matriculate the ball down right, the field right. kind of drive. Uh, but you got hop spins. And they were actually running out of time in overtime, right? I mean, that it was, was, it was coming down a little bit. I mean, yeah. it was it was it was getting late, right? Because the Cowboys had a drive and they took some
0: time that, off the clock. That's why
1: he. One of the reasons why he was criticized for not going for it on fourth down. Right. Like, what How much time do you think you have left? Right. Did you think
0: you were going to get the ball back? Yeah, to get the ball
1: back in a ten minute
0: overtime. Uh, it's just that that play, and I I remember there's a great piece of mic'd up where where DeAndre had fumbled earlier in the game, and he comes back over the sidelines and and. Bill doesn't say a whole lot to him, you know, just you know, hang out on the ball. He knew it, and he said, I'll get it back. Mm. I'll get it back. And I'll never forget when he gets finally tackled. You know, most guys are going to get tackled. The ball is like three points of pressure. It's like tucked right. in here. Hopkins finally gets tackled, and he's got the ball in his vice grips, and he's literally yeah. like holding it to show everybody, I still have this thing. I got it back. It was like. Just that moment of seeing him with the ball in both yeah. of his hands, like, you will not get this ball out of my hands. I was like, I, for some reason, that moment, just that part of it, the spin and spin was great. But him saying, the finish, you will not get this ball out and of my hands. And when he hands. stands up. <laughs> <laughs> the best shot is like, there's a shot of somebody in the, in the uh, north end zone yeah. that had a can, and it's towards the sideline. Yeah. And uh-huh. when he starts spinning and running, the whole team is like, coming off the sideline. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, they knew. It's just they felt like that was the walk-off. It was unbelievable. No pressure, no. Kaimi. Go ahead. <laughs> no pressure. At least he had one the week before. He said it wasn't that much pressure. Mark, appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. There it is. Saturday night, 6:00. 6 o'clock. 6. 6 o'clock. Broadcast on Sports Radio 610. Pre-game show starts at 3. Post-game show immediately afterwards. And then you can also watch on KTRK Channel 13. There it is, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.